everyone, and welcome to the Jason Wright Show's best Friday ever. All right, so, you know, one of the things, I, I came across two posts this week on the Instagrams that I thought were were very, um, I don't know, I thought that there were some good lessons in them, that, and they're kind of contrasting to a lot of the things I talk about, which is which is cool. It's not, it's not that they're contradictory, there's just a contrast, and there's some nuance to this that I want to tell you about. And it's one is from a personal trainer who is out of the UK, but now is located in Australia named James Smith. He has the book out, uh, I think it's called The C Word, which is basically about confidence. And, and just so you know, so if you go listen to any of James Smith's content, here's his his uh, his mo is he's pretty abrasive. He drops the 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 other c word, which is not confidence, but it's kind of the the see you next Tuesday uh, variation of the word. And so he's kind of harsh. But look, this is what he does to get his point across. There's also a lot of interviews you can see with James, and he'll tell you. He said, "Look, that's what I do to get attention." But he's a personal trainer. He's got a lot of great advice. And I thought he had a video that came out that was really, really good here recently about how when we're trying to fully optimize our bodies, how that can actually sometimes become an, a, a recipe for disaster in that it leads to misery. And he makes the point that if we're going to try to fully optimize our bodies, then we're what we're going to do is we're going to end up, you know, in this state of low sex drive, misery, never eating what we want to eat. I mean, the perfectly optimized diet would be absolutely miserable. It's one of the things I talk about in my immune-centric health course that I teach as part of Massively Transformative Habits. I got this concept first from Joel Green, who wrote the book, The Immunity Code. If you have not read it, I highly recommend it. And essentially what Joel, he what he discusses and what he puts forth in The Immunity Code is this, it's like, Raise your immunity level, seal your gut, get the gut healthy, get your body optimized in such a way that it can it can better withstand the things that we're going to do in everyday life, which is go to birthday parties and have a nice dinner. We're going to have anniversary dinners. We're going to have celebrations. We're going to have Thanksgiving. We're going to have Christmas. We don't want to get to our, ourselves to a point where we're absolutely miserable trying to uh, strive for this, this perfection. And the reason why I thought it was cool to bring on here is just to... Make sure that everyone that ever listens to The Jason Wright Show is clear on my philosophy on this matter because the motto of the show is improve always and always. And then my my newsletter is called The Vitruvian Letter because it's about reaching perfect proportion. But one of the things I want to make really, really clear is this. It's, you know, when I say trying to reach perfect proportion, that means just have an ideal of perfect proportion Always be striving to have 1% improvement every day. But let me just put a caveat to this. And it's kind of what James is talking about in this video that I saw on Instagram. It's like, once you get to the point where you hit that wall and you realize, wait a minute, by reaching absolute perfect balance, optimization, whatever your ideal is, if you're going for the six-pack abs, if you're going for 8% body fat, if you're going for a VO2 max over 50 and you start to get within inches of it, and you realize, I'm miserable. This sucks. What it's taking to get here is simply causing me to not enjoy my life. 
then back off and realize what is truly important. Ben Greenfield talks about this a great deal. Whenever he was a, an all-natural bodybuilder, I think he got his body fat percentage somewhere around 3%. I mean, the dude was just absolutely shredded. And yes, he was, I mean, if, if there's anyone out there that I think could uh, just tr- closely optimize their body to the, to the greatest extent, it'd probably be Ben Greenfield. The guy's kind of, uh, I mean, he's just over the top. But he'll be the first one to tell you that he could barely get off the couch at certain times. He certainly wasn't going to be able to have sex with his wife because his libido was so low because his testosterone lo- levels are jacked up. I mean, to, to, to look to be perfectly optimized, that doesn't mean you're going to be able to live a fully optimized life, which includes things that have nothing to do with body fat percentage, VO2 max, and all these other things. Like just being able to enjoy social settings and enjoy, that's good for your brain, it's good for your mind. And so when I saw James talking about this, I thought, man, this is great. And and, and I, I think that you know he used the example of having a client that wanted six-pack abs. He said, I want to get shredded. It was the CEO of a company, I think he said, and he really wanted to just get shredded. And he said, okay, fine. We'll work on some calorie deficit. We'll get you to lose some weight pretty quickly. We'll get you some more lean body mass. And he said, as they started working, the guy realized that in pursuit of this quote-unquote perfection, he was miserable. And so that's where I think we need to be careful as those of us who are constantly trying to improve that you realize Sticking to this 1% improvement each and every day and let it compound, but also being mindful that we have a life to live. And also, here's something I think is very important. A lot of times whenever we're striving for this perfection, and not only do we take away from our own happiness and fulfillment, then those around us that want to have these moments with us, then we, we, we take that away from them. Now, now understand something, and here's where I wanna, I'm going to go into another deal that uh, Lane Norton talked about that I thought was uh, uh, it's something I've, I've, I've thought about a lot, and I, I really I processed and thought, hmm, what do I think about this message? And, and I'm going to get to that. But if you're in a position where you've decided you do not want to drink alcohol, and you are in a setting where everyone's drinking alcohol. It is Christmas. It's New Year's or whatever. And people are basically saying, hey, come on. You know, look, let me explain something to you. You do not owe it to anyone to make bad health choices. That's different. That is different. Uh, but if you're being so rigid and you truly want to participate and you're making yourself miserable, you're making them miserable, then that's where you just need to stop and calibrate. I think you need to think about it. And for some people, like the whole no alcohol thing, I've talked about it on this show ad nauseum that five years ago, I stopped drinking and I haven't had a drink since. Okay, well, let me explain something. That has not been a real difficult thing for me. I got to honest, I want to be completely transparent with you. If there were ever a situation where I just had this strong craving for a drink and it was a social setting and I knew it was safe and everything, um, then I don't know, would I, would I look at it differently? I don't know. I haven't been in that position because I have an environment where it's just really easy for me. And that's another thing that I've talked about in my habits building course that, you know, the probably the single greatest factor in building new habits and sticking to the habits you want is environment. And so I've created an environment where I just don't, you know, I'm not around alcohol, so it's really easy. Uh, but the point is this, I, I want to believe that I would not allow my existence to be miserable 
without it. And that's why, you know, you're going to see me. Uh, as a matter of fact, somebody kind of busted me. Uh, Will Duran, if, you're, if, 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 he's, uh, if he's out there, he, uh, he busted me at uh, my favorite little bakery in Tyler, uh, Laurel and Pearl. And by the way, Tylerites, if you have not been there yet, you must go to it. La Piazza Shopping Center right across from Hot Tot. So if you happen to have any, any uh, kiddos from, from newborn to preteen, stop there too shameless plug i'm sorry but either way i'm in there and i'm having my favorite which is the napoleon dynamite it's kind of like it's called a frenchie so at laurel and pearl they have what's called a frenchie that is kind of like their version of the cronut and let me tell you something it will make you want to walk over slap your mom upside the head and go why did you not cook me anything like this as a child why did you neglect me this it is so frigging good it's, it's kind of like a like a cronut and an eclair had a baby because it's got this wonderful cream. And let me tell you something. So one time I went to this one donut shop and I ordered an eclair. I love a good eclair. And I kid you not, I watched the guy go get the eclair out of the, this tray of other eclairs. He held it up to the wall and pushed a button. And that's where the cream was squirted in. There was nothing culinary about that. It just I was like, Really, that's what you do. You just kind of pop it in there and, you know, poke the cream in. And, and the cream was just that crappy stuff that they didn't make there. They bought it pre-made, stuffed it in the little, look like a soap dispenser, and then popped the little eclair up there and shot it full of cream. It was just, I was like, man, I'm no more of those. That is not what's happening at Laurel and Pearl. No, this is like rich, homemade cream that's in the middle of this cronut-like uh, uh pastry that they call a Frenchie and it's just so good but anyway that's not the point so Will walks in and he catches me crushing a Napoleon Dynamite that's what this one's called the the one I'm describing and I was like yeah man I was like you know but I set myself up for it. you know I I have something before and after that makes that kind of offsets this and besides that you know what one of life's greatest joys to me is to go have a really good pastry or something like that with an unbelievable cup of coffee and so I'm not going to deny myself that all the time I'm not going to do it every day but I'm not going to just say never ever again because then life becomes miserable and you, and you look if, if you're doing things in order to somehow make life better but you're you're miserable in the process then you really got to think about it so so while we're talking about since I brought up alcohol I want to bring this up. So Lane Norton, if you don't know him, he's at BioLane on Instagram, and he is a brilliant uh, scientist and, uh, I guess, nutrition biology expert. Uh, he is uh, he's just a phenomenal guy. And, and so I read a lot of his stuff, but he's pretty harsh too. He loves to call people out. And one of the things that he calls out is, are these people that say you have to do all of one. He's really hard on the no-carbs crowd and, because – uh, Lane eats uh, macros, and he actually has an app where you can track your macros, and and he's more about balance and the need for carbs. And so if if you're someone that is going to be promoting an all-carnivore diet or something like that, then he's probably going to call you out. And what he does, though, that's really genius is he's not about – you're never going to be able to accuse Lane Norton of just following the crowd or going with what the um, – what, what might be popular for the day. 
if it is popular, what he's going to do is go look at the best clinical research to figure figure out is what they are promoting actually scientifically based. So I liked it. And so he posted this um, this deal this week that said alcohol and body composition. What you need to know: many studies have shown consuming alcohol can. And then he has a list, and they all have a big red X on. So so um, so decrease muscle protein synthesis with a big red X. <clears throat> Decreased testosterone, big red X. Negatively affect sleep, big red X. Impair performance, big red X. Increase fat mass, big red X. Big red X. And then it says, does this mean alcohol intake is bad? As usual, if we examine the literature, the dosage makes the poison. So here's his point. It's not about completely abstaining from alcohol, but it's about portion control. Most of these studies that documented these negative effects use the equivalent of 5 to 10 drinks per day. So what he's saying is that all these things like decreased muscle protein synthesis, decreased testosterone, negatively affect sleep, impair performance, increased fat mass. The study that showed these things was based on people that drink 5 to 10 drinks a day. Well, 5 to 10 drinks a day, that's a lot of alcohol. So that's So basically what Lane is saying is that what they're using for this trial is a heavy drinking population or uh, yeah, uh, study group. Many have said alcohol should be avoided at all costs, but it's more complex. This is his point. For example, small amounts of alcohol actually increase testosterone and do not impair um, uh, metabolism. Additionally, small amounts of alcohol appear to be inversely associated with weight gain. Moreover, one to three drinks didn't impede fat loss. So what does Lane recommend? Based on current data, small to moderate amounts of alcohol, one to four drinks don't uh, uh, per day, don't appear to lower testosterone or impede anabolism. I said uh, metabolism or I meant anabolism. Um, it also doesn't appear to impede fat loss when calories are accounted for. I don't want to give the wrong impression. This is Lane. I'm not saying alcohol is healthy. I'm not saying you should drink. I'm, I'm not encouraging you to to drink. I'm just saying that in moderation, it does not appear alcohol has much, if any, negative effects on these parameters. I'm just giving you facts to bet to uh, to help you make better informed choices. All right. So, uh, here is my take on that. First of all, it fits right in to what I'm saying about what James Smith is saying. If you are someone who you know in your heart of hearts that you're perfectly content with having one to two to three glasses of wine every once in a while with a good meal, with an anniversary dinner, at a birthday dinner, at a holiday dinner, it's not going to kill you. You don't have to do like I do. I abstain from alcohol completely. Now, here's my take on it, and here's what my rebuttal to Lane would be. It's not an argument at all, and I'm not going to argue with Lane Norton, one of the smartest guys out there. It's not going to happen. But what I would say is this, is I have never read a study that says not drinking alcohol is going to have adverse impacts, an adverse impact on your on your life, and that's kind of what it came down to for me. It, it was it was it was twofold. It was one, it was much easier to not drink at all than I thought it would be, and two, I am not hurting my body by abstaining from alcohol. You see, if I decide to drink alcohol, there's the risk that I would up those drinks back to the controlled study, which were people that were having, you know, five drinks. I mean, look, back whenever I drank, here's the problem with me. Back whenever I did drink, a, a scotch on the rocks for me at home was like 
four ounces of scotch. It was not just a shot. That's that that was not my. So I'm having the equivalent of four drinks basically within one drink if I'm drinking scotch. So for me, it's like I and I just don't have enough enjoy the the benefit is not great enough to mitigate the risk. You know, the risk is not great enough to uh, to to uh, it's not a great enough uh, to assume the risk for the potential downfall of drinking more than I should. And so, you know, that's what I would say is, and and I think the thing I want to bring up about this, because I have talked so much about not drinking at all. And I just want to be clear. And I'm always, I always try to be very clear whenever I talk about abstaining from alcohol completely is that it's not a judgmental thing. It's not a scruples thing. It's for me, it's a health thing. It's a clarity of mind thing. It's not, I can't even honestly say it's a discipline thing because I, at this point, I just don't have to think about it. I don't crave it. But for some of you, you're trying to get to the point where you don't drink at all. And so you'll go cold turkey for four or five days. And so I want to encourage you. I don't want to encourage you to drink, but I want to encourage you that, hey, look, if you can get to a point, someone very bright, very learned, very studied, very scientific, can, can like Lane Norton, can show you that, hey, if you can have the ability to enjoy it and, you're, and you find yourself where, you know, most times, 80% of the time, you abstain from alcohol altogether. But you reserve that 20% of the time for those special occasions where you can have a drink with a buddy, you can enjoy a, a beer at a baseball game, you're not going to be just completely killing yourself, you're not throwing yourself, don't be, in some of the points, don't be so hard on yourself, you don't, you know, this is the improve always in always guy saying, don't let your improving always in always allow you to be miserable all days, okay? That is not what this is about. Life is too damn short. It doesn't mean to live like there's no tomorrow, just go out and go go crazy. No. It's finding homeostasis. That's what our, 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 whole, our health should be all about homeostasis, which is just a nice big medical term for balance. All right. And if you're able to maintain this, you can ratchet it up. And that's one of the things I think if you if you're focused on the 1% improvement per day, then you're going to have to start having some behavioral changes. And when you actually start to change your behaviors, then all of a sudden getting to where you want to be, it happens easier. It happens with less restraint. It's not, it, it eliminates a lot of the drudgery because again, it becomes a part of your identity. It, it fits with the environment that you've created. It fits with the company you've surrounded yourself with. It's not all about just withholding what you really want to do and and, and making life drudgery. So uh, these were just two examples. Uh, if you go out and look at James Smith, funny stuff, Lane Norton. Look, the, the great thing about Lane is he will call out anybody. Oh, my gosh. I loved his rips on Liver King. When Liver King got exposed, and those of you who are listening that you don't know who Liver King is, just you can just do, do a quick Google search and you'll find out really quickly who he was. And Lane just ripped on him, and so and and usually this is who Lane will rip on. He he will go after people that are telling you it's all or nothing. This just zero sum game approach to health and wellness. That's who Lane tends to really get frustrated with, and he never comes at it with um, with just pure feeling, gut, emotion. You know him being a a focus group of one. No, what he does is he goes and he does the research and he also he 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 um 
he, he looks at the best studies available. He's very discriminating as to which studies that he cites and he, he gives credibility to whenever he brings these things out. So check that out. So with that, I hope you have an incredible Friday, an incredible weekend. It has been an amazing week on the Jason Wright Show. The numbers are just blowing through the roof. So please tell a friend, share, and do me a favor, please. You're going to hear this at the tag at the end of the show, uh, but I'm asking you right now in real time, please consider going out to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating. Look, the Jason Wright Show is now a, it's in the top 5% of all podcasts globally. That blows me away. I can't believe it. It's all because of you guys coming back and sticking with me and listening and watching me try my best to get better at this craft. And so I'm very thankful. I've got some great episodes coming up. I just visited with uh, a buddy of mine uh, yesterday, Stuart Fillmore. So Stuart, if you happen to be listening to this episode, we were talking about um, having him on the show, retired FBI agent who is now an author and, uh, and, and researches some of the most famous criminals in history. He's actually doing a deal for the History Channel right now on Bonnie and Clyde. He's uh, done an incredible uh, uh, bit of research and a, and a, and a whole uh, study on John Dillinger. Um, he's got a lot of unbelievable information on the Kennedy assassination. I mean, all these cool things that uh, these big criminal stories that are now part of like just almost everyday uh, American folklore. Uh, Stuart, he has, he's dug in and he's researched these. And so I can't wait to just pick his brain and learn kind of that Paul Harvey uh, rest of the story on some of these big, amazing cases we've all heard of. And, uh, and so and got a lot of other guests that are lined up to hopefully help you and help me improve always in all ways. But, but we're not going to make our life drudgery in our pursuit of improving always and always, right? Is that a deal? Are you with me? All right, folks, have a great weekend. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you later. Well, that does it for this episode of the Jason Wright Show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Texas Titan Media production. Fourth Wall did the music. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please consider going out to jasonwrightnow.com and signing up for the Vitruvian Letter. Also, please go out to iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds to just leave us a five-star rating. It does wonders for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And with that, until we meet again, go crush it and endeavor to improve always in all ways. I'm out. <laughs>